1: Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean, Ships Registry Bahamas.
2: You're listening to the Upperhand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto.
0: You know, what I mean? like. I feel like I have ranked too low. Like I have, I have not as wide receiver eleven. Wow. And, yeah. You know, and th- that could be really low, and. You know, you might tell me that it's way too low, but I feel like that Tennessee offense, like after talking to, like, I'm not an expert there, but after talking to a lot of college guys, you know, who know way more than I do on this, that heights production is a bit of a mirage. And for mm-hmm. him to do that in the NFL, he'll probably have to go to the perfect system, you know, which allows him to line up off the line all the time. Um, and then he'll be able to do, you know, more than one or two things for that offense. And so what is your gauge on Hyatt, man? Like, am I way too low on him? Like, is it possible that he ends up, you know, being Deshaun Jackson or you know even be? My concern is that he's not a target earner. Like that—that's mm-hmm. what that's, those are the kind of guys that I want to invest in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh,
2: no, t- totally. And for one, your your sources are so right. That production in that offense is fake news. I'm sorry, but like the the amount of the amount of translatable Sunday plays. You see, in that offense, is it's just so limited. Even Tillman, who, like I said, I like his, he ran almost forty percent of his routes in the game sampled, which I sampled from twenty twenty one for Tillman because he was so hurt in twenty twenty two. Forty percent of his routes were curl routes. Um, let me tell you what that's not. That's not happening in the NFL. I mean, even even if we're talking <laughs> about him playing like an X receiver role, like he's he's not going to be running forty percent curl routes. You're going to have to expand that route tree. And I mean. People who don't watch, and I don't watch a lot of college football in season, so really I'm just watching college football like from an all twenty two film perspective. Because um, Tennessee's offense is so fun and it's great for winning games on Saturday, but in terms of scouting for the NFL, it's really different. I mean, the entire college game for us—I'm sure you have the same feeling when you like go from watching NFL guys to the, like watch and then watching in college. The hash marks are literally, literally different in the in co- college yeah. football. Like the hash marks are wider, so you can. Like the ball snapped on this left side over here, you have an ungodly amount of space to work with from an offensive perspective, and you see these guys line up basically in stack formation, like Tillman on the line right next to the sideline, and then Hyatt like right behind him. You're just you're never right, right. going to see that in the NFL. P- period. The rules literally don't allow it because the hash marks are different. So, from a defensive perspective, you have all that space to deal with. Um, you still have to worry about the rushing threat from the running back and the quarterback. So you can't dedicate extra resources to that. It's just – it's not possible to cover a player that, like Jalen Hyatt, who I do think has legitimate speed. um, You know, his nine-route success rate is really high in in RP. I'll say that. Like, you know, he can can fly for sure, but all you got to do is just split those safeties. And as the quarterback, if you can hold on to the ball long enough for him to split the safeties as that stack slot receiver there – you're gonna hit like a deep play down the field, and it's gonna look like why was nobody covering Jalen Hyatt? It's like well, because you literally can't cover th- that amount of space. So again, well, this, great that, Saturday that's, stuff.
0: That's what I saw every single time. Like every time you caught a touchdown, I'm like, where's the defender? Like, and and you saw it right away too. Like he'll hit yeah. a post or something. It's like he's lining up behind the guy, almost hidden. You have one safety mm-hmm. up there, and then like Hyatt's gone, dude. And it's like. I don't know how to translate that. Like I don't know how to say like okay, like there's no way Hyatt does that the next level like on a consistent basis in terms of the defense not being able to cover that play.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, you, I mean, again, that role, because I've had people ask that, well, why won't his NFL team just replicate that role? Because you can't. It's not, it's just not possible with the hash mark differences, with the amount of stack formation, with how far they can line up, uh, you know, to the sideline. It's just, it's just not possible. But, um, you know, I've seen people compare him to like Will Fuller. Uh, and I, I think that could make sense from like a how Will Fuller produced because, Probably the best years of Will Fuller outside of the year where he got busted for PEDs, you know, after DeAndre Hopkins was traded. But like the best years of Will Fuller came when Deshaun Watson was really good as not just a passer but also as a runner and the Texans also liked to run the ball a good bit so there was that threat of the run game but they also had DeAndre Hopkins lined up as like a true coverage dictating x receiver and you know then you had Will Fuller over here on one side of the field and from a defensive perspective you need to dedicate extra resources to Will Fuller because of his speed but you also have to double DeAndre Hopkins so you put defenses in a bind that way And, and Will Fuller you would see, just rip one guy up on a go route, and 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 that was how he produced those big games. So I get it from Hyatt' perspective there, but like I also I've seen Josh Norris from Underdog Fantasy compare him to um to Ted Ginn, Jalen Hyatt, and like if he has a Ted Ginn career as a second round pick or late like that's fine. It's just when you take that guy in the first round, I think you put all these expectations on him. So I think we both agree that he's probably like, he probably has a home in the NFL. But it's probably as a role player, and I don't think he's going to, like you have mentioned target earner, I don't think he's going to be having, like, I don't think you're feeding this guy 130, 140 targets, you're maybe feeding him 90 targets a year, and those 90 targets might be awesome, well, like 50% of them might be awesome, Um, but, you know, it's, it's just not the same type as some of these other guys.
0: You mentioned Will Fuller, too, like that one year, right, where he was running different types of routes, and he was winning underneath, and he was getting those targets underneath, intermediate, and he wasn't just catching those long balls, you know, and to me, like, Will Fuller actually put together a season where he became a target earner, you know, and not just winning downfield, Um, so that Mm -hmm. was an interesting season, and listen, if Hyatt can have that in him, great. But I just don't know that he does, and, and that's my concern. Keep, keep in mind that, too
2: that was what, like six, five, six years into Will Fuller's career. Exactly. Um, right. So that that's another thing too is like it's gonna these players can develop into more. It just is gonna take longer. I, again, the t- lack of translatable snaps you get from Jalen Hyatt is is very very alarming, especially when we're talking about a, a guy that might go in the first round. You know, um, I don't know. It's tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, another interesting proj- uh, prospect for me is Xavier Hutchinson, another guy that I had a little bit of trouble in terms of projecting him at the next level. 6'2", 203, so a guy compared to these other wide receivers, but like You know, I kind of feel like he's like a jack-of-all-trades, someone who will be productive. You know, he was one of the most productive wide receivers in this draft class. Might be an early day three guy. Maybe he could sneak into the third. But 272 yards per route run last year, 2.55 the year before. Very solid. Uh, Average 90 catches for 111 yards over the last two seasons at Iowa State. Um, Doesn't seem like an explosive receiver to me, but, you know, someone who could get it done short, intermediate, maybe a big slot. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I really want to hear your thoughts on him because I kind of feel like he would be a fringe two guy to bet on outside of the top guys everyone has been talking about. Um, he had a little bit of a weak day one at the Senior Bowl. I talked to him. He was disappointed in his day one. He came back mm. day two and killed it. He, he, you know, he mm. had a big day two. Talked to him after day two. He was like, that was way more like it. Um, and he kind of got comfortable because, you know, you're, you're dealing with a new quarterback. You're dealing with a new system and all that kind of stuff. And you have to absorb a lot uh, during that week of practice. So it was something interesting to see. want to hear your thoughts uh, on, on Hutch. Um, you know, someone who I think could be a little bit of a diamond in the rough.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, a – I agree with almost everything you said about him, even down to the point of the senior bowl stuff. Like I think he's, um, you know, potentially a guy who can be a little rocky like series to series even as a player. And, you know, some of the stuff I really like about him, like he'll show you gr- great ball skills and um, – great timing and great um, like extension of his hands and stuff like that, the stuff you really want Quentin Johnson to do on a consistent basis. Um, But, you know, then other times it'll be a little bit lax, a little bit um, you want more out of him. And even as a route runner, I kind of feel the same way too. Like there's some inconsistencies there, but ultimately I agree that I think he's, you know, I'm going to have a profile up on him soon on the website and like he's a guy who, you're going to see the short routes, like you said, really good on those short routes, uh, slants, flats, um, even some even some like comeback stuff. He he, ha- he shined a little bit, too. It's just I, I don't I, I, I kind of struggle to see him as anything more than like a really good complimentary, like number three receiver. And, you know, maybe a big slot type, I think, makes a lot of sense too. the size and the physicality is definitely there. But again, it's it sort of kind of comes and goes. So. I don't I he, he's a guy that I like I, I yeah I, I think he kind of the jack of all trades master of none thing sort of similar to Jalen Tolbert last year now Tolbert mm. like fla- you know, flamed out hard uh, of right. course like very very rough uh, rookie season for Jalen Tolbert but I wrote the same thing for him that he's like a jack of all trades master of none type and Xavier Hutchinson kind of feels um, the same way but I even liked Tolbert's ability in the vertical game a little bit more than I do for Hutchinson
0: yeah, for sure. And Tolbert was tough too because you know he 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 was playing even against lesser competition than Hodge. At least Hutch yeah, was in the power yeah. power five, so like you can kind of understand what the level of competition was there. But Tolbert, it was like it was a lot harder. So um, so you probably shouldn't he, take think,
2: that guy on in the third round, by the way. And like when you need, you're like, oh wow, let's take a guy from South Alabama in the third freaking <laughs> round when we need when we need a guy to like play reps immediately. But hey, that's the Cowboys' problem, not ours.
0: for sure man and we'll see who we'll see who they end up taking to to kind of fill that out and and it's interesting because the cowboys you know super you know real sidebar here but like you know they want Gallup to be their guy and all that he had the big contract but it seems like they're still looking for that for another wide receiver early in this relatively early in this draft so you know we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens there Now, there are a few wide receivers being taken later. You know, some could sneak into day two, but, you know, day three guys, potentially Tyler Scott, Parker Washington, Nathaniel Dell, who, by the way, like, for me, like, just a killer route runner, like, in my opinion, like, the, he, at the Senior Bowl, Like he was, besides Jaden Reed, Nathaniel Dell, small as hell, was just, like, in these cornerbacks' pockets. Like, nobody could hold them, dude. It was very similar. You know who was similar to last year? Uh, what's his name, dude? Like, what's his name? Uh, Pittsburgh Steeler now. Uh, real small oh, guy, Calvin Austin, Calvin Austin, very similar. Calvin Austin yeah. had a really good, you know, senior bowl as well. But like Tank Dell, like, dude, just shaking him, dude. Uh, it was yeah. great, great, great to watch. But anyway, uh, AT Perry, another potential day three guy, bigger wide receiver, 6'4, 192. Uh, a couple of random favorites of mine, like Puka Nakua, Michael Wilson, uh, both those guys at the senior bowl, uh, most likely day three guys. But a- any of the guys that I just mentioned, or anyone I didn't mention that we didn't talk about, that you are taking a liking to, and you you think could potentially outperform where they're being drafted. You know, could be a value for NFL teams could be a value, you know, for some dynasty rookie drafters who kind of want to take their shots.
2: Yeah. I'll hit a, a, two of the guys that you you said there that I, I might like a little more than, um you know, necessarily a day three or type stuff like that. AT Perry, I think is interesting because AT Perry, he just moves and looks like an nfl x receiver um he's actually kind of like a bud light uh george pickens type uh their some of their reception perception metrics are pretty similar um and i always i said with pickens too you know the 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 media and the government don't want you to know that george pickens like had a higher drop rate uh than uh, deontay johnson last year at times uh yeah so like uh at perry definitely kind of comes and goes a little bit with his hands with his ball skills but I think even though Pickens has these like outrageous catches um he does the same thing and from an NFL X receiver perspective especially the way what I liked about Pickens the most was his fluidity and route running ability in college on like shorter routes as a true X receiver and you see that a little bit with AT Perry I mean great success rate on slants on curls um but he can definitely get you on post routes and corner routes. He's not going to stack. He doesn't have great, I think even though he timed well at his size, he didn't he doesn't have like great long speed. He struggles to kind of stack guys on straight up go routes, but he can make big plays and he could definitely win in contested situations enough for me to think like, okay, yeah, as a developmental X receiver, maybe he fits somewhere on that, like Devonte Parker, George Pickens axis of players, you know, George Pickens ceiling is yet to be kind of decided yet as a player too. So I think that's a fair comparison and uh, Puka, you brought up Puka dude. I, I, I'm a big fan of his. I, I like him a lot. Um, he, He'll be in the rookie roundup post kind of closer to the draft. Like guys, I did some mini samples on, you know, I, what's the ceiling for a player like that? I I'm not sure but he sneaks up on you with his speed in the open field. I think he has pretty good build-up speed. And I like his route running and I like his toughness um you know to make tight window catches. I think he would be you know again, what's the ceiling? Also seems like a guy that would crush it on special teams too because of the way he plays. Uh so, you know, that and hey, when you're drafted on day 3 by the way, you're going to have to like play some special teams and you're gonna have to yeah. hack it and build that way you build yourself up on the roster that way um and and i think that puka is a guy uh who could be a potential diamond in the rough in this class too if he goes to the right it goes to the right spot because i think he could play in the slot and i think he could also play outside a little bit too so that positional versatility is is good for a player like that
0: dude he, he was the biggest standout for me on day one at the senior bowl like he was catching everything dude and, and yeah, like, goodness. I was looking forward to seeing him in, in you know, on day two, but I think they just pulled it. Like, so he just disappeared after day one. Like he had such a big day one and then mm. just disappeared and no one knew what happened. Like no one still, nobody knows what happened, but like literally he left, like he was just out of there. He left dude. Nobody saw him <laughs> after that. And I think they pulled Alec Pierce, like Alec Pierce the year before. Oh yeah. Uh, he had a big day one and they just pulled him and they said, okay, that's it. You don't have to play in the game. The practice anymore, and I think that's that's pretty much what happened with Puka. Where he had he, dude, I would say, like, out of every like pass play, like, he was probably catching a ball or targeted, like, mostly catching a ball, like, one out of like every two and a half plays, something like crazy. And it was like, like, hey, we need to get some other guys' attention here, (laughs) right? No, well, and and, but I think it was just this agent, like, that's my assumption. His agent was just Mm. like, hey, like, you did enough, enough guys are watching, we got enough attention, let's 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 not get hurt. Because, uh, you know, he had a lot of injury issues a in college. Injuries, yeah. Um, And that's probably one of the reasons why he didn't do his thing. Like, just for those who are listening, he averaged 3.53 yards per route run, like, last year, which was second uh, among, like, there was 200 wide receivers who had 50 targets last year. He was second among all of them. So, like, he has the, he has, you know, a lot of that ability. And, you know, if he stays healthy, he, he could, like I said, become a diamond in the rough. So... Yeah, man. Um, that's I think that's gonna do it for this episode, man. Like, I love it. Thank you so much for this episode. Thanks for joining, man. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it.
2: Of course, man. I always love uh, our pre-draft visits and and getting to talk about these wide receivers. Uh, it feels like we see this class pretty similar. And like, I really do think that the biggest stuff that's gonna come out of this class when talking about these um, talking about these players is more like again, because if you if you've got the sense so far, like yeah, it's it's not it's not as exciting of a class as it was maybe in 21 at the top or 22. Like I, you know, those guys we talked about, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, like, you know, potential top 10, like top 10 pick worthy type guys. We don't have that necessarily in this class, but I think a lot of the interesting discussions like we had here today are like w- how we view the wide receiver position as a whole. And I think that can help us find these diamond and rough type guys who eventually find the right role in the NFL. You know, a guy like Mingo, maybe playing out of position a little bit as a collegiate player. And that's why people don't like, not everybody likes him. But if you think about a different role from in the NFL, it could be, it could be interesting. So I appreciate you, man. It's, it's always good to talk uh, pre-draft these players. I'm excited to see where they all land here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, man. Same here. Uh, now you can find matt's work at receptionperception.com very well worth it make sure to subscribe to his reception perception podcast as well uh that he do- does with the man james co amazing hilarious james co so we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll keep you guys updated i'm going to be continually you know looking at matt's uh content over there and i'll let you guys know if i see anything good um but listen like if you know matt's work like you know that you, you know you see that someone that he likes like you're just waiting for that guy to break out in the nfl and we've seen it happen over and over and over again so for that we thank you matt for being so generous and doing that work for us and giving it to the world hey guys thanks so much for listening to that episode with matt Harmon. man he brought the goods we know what's up with this wide receiver class before you guys go please take the time to go check out the new upper hand fantasy football rookie draft kit that just came out very recently it's on my Patreon, Patreon.com/UpperHandFantasy. The links are in the podcast description. Please go check it out. I appreciate you guys. If you're already part of the homies tier on the Patreon, you already have access. If you're uh, if you're a diehard on the on the um, Patreon, you already have access. If you don't have it already, this would be a great time to get in because not only will you get access to the rookie draft kit, but you'll also have access to the top two hundred and fifty. Dynasty rankings that include Superflex now just updated that. The Dynasty rankings, by the way, have just been updated very recently, a couple days ago. uh We're going to be coming out with a season long draft kit, the 2023 draft kit that's coming out early summer. So you'll have that as well as part of the homies tier on Patreon. And yeah, and we're going to have rankings and all that coming out as the season gets closer. So Make sure to check it out. There's a bunch of other perks as well, including Discord access, access to me through text messaging if you have any questions, all that kind of stuff. Check out the Patreon. Check out the Draft Kit. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon.
2: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.